are the Rookie Phenoms. We have an amazing show for you today. I'm your host, Coop, with my main man, Webb. What up, people? We have such a fun show for you today. The NFL regular season is done, but Clay Thompson is back. Webb, are you ready for today's show? Always ready, man. It's that time of year. The NFL playoffs are the best playoffs by far. We're going to start with some bad news, Webb. It's Black Monday in the NFL. Some coaches got fired. Some expected, some unexpected, and some coaches kept their job. You ready to get into it? Yeah, I resent that name, by the way, Coop. Black Monday? Absolutely. What should we call it? I don't know. Fired them. Fired Monday? That seems like they burned up in a fire. That's also problematic. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Figure something out. We will solve this issue, you and I together. We will. Let's start with the most surprising firing to me, the one Webb expected because he hates him. Brian Flores was fired in Miami. The general manager, Chris Greer, is staying on. Flores won eight of his last nine games, including sweeping the Patriots this season. They were nine and eight this season. Webb, how do you feel about this firing? I think I'm indifferent towards this firing. I mentioned it last week. I wouldn't be surprised either way. So I'm not happy or sad about the firing. I think on this pod, when it happened, I was worried that <clears throat> this uh, this opening was one that Brian Flores was sort of not set up to fail, but necessarily, but it would be hard for him to really have longevity in. And I wasn't that surprised because the team, they didn't make the playoffs. Again, that's three straight seasons. I think Flores went 24 and 25 in three years. They didn't make the playoffs. Coop, like, for any coach that hasn't won a Super Bowl, if you don't make the playoffs three straight seasons, I mean, I think Brian Flores and I think Adam Schefter also reported that he's going to have opportunities to get another job. But um, I think uh, I, I wasn't surprised that he wore out his welcome or that Stephen Ross and Greer and him decided to part ways. Like, the team won uh, eight games, but they also lost seven games in a row. So... Um, yeah, I wasn't like totally surprised that they fired him. Like I said last week, I was very surprised by this. I thought Chris Greer would be fired over Flores. I thought Flores did a great job. I had him as my coach of the year last year. So as things have happened today, more reports have come out. And originally, Jeff Darlington from the NFL Network said people are assuming Flores' departure is because their owner Stephen Ross wants Harbaugh. To leave Michigan and come to Miami. Stephen Ross said this is not true. He does not want uh, Harbaugh to leave Michigan. And then he said, sorry, Jeff Darlington said, the decision to fire Flores can be summed up with one word, relationships. His relationship with Greer and Tua had deteriorated to a pretty, pretty bad place. So apparently, Flores did not want Tua to be the starter next year. And this was not something that Ross and Greer were okay with. So the organization chose Tua over Flores, something I think they will regret in a gigantic way very, very soon. Yeah, I kind of understand the rationale, though. Like, if you're taking Tua over Justin Herbert, in hindsight, so next year will be three years since Tua's been selected over Justin Herbert, you kind of have to die on that hill. So not that surprised, to be honest. Like, I think Brian Flores will get another job, and I think he'll get another job soon, but um, you kind of have to live and die by that. You can't admit that mistake already if you're Chris Greer and Stephen Ross. And, and I think I believe Stephen Ross is a, a Michigan alum as well. 
and he said he came out and said that he doesn't want he's very involved in in the wolverines um as well so he he, he likes that jim harbaugh has been ex- as successful as he has been this season and he wants that to continue so his words were that he does not want to bring jim harbaugh to the dolphins which would take him away from the wolverines so we'll see if that remains true because harbaugh expressed interest in listening to the um offers from the nfl but yeah we'll see relationships sure. are key they really are there were a few, a few more firings this week some we talked about on thursday's show the vikings parted ways with their head coach mike zimmer and the general manager rick spielman minnesota went eight and nine this season but this team constantly had high expectations of making the super bowl nfc championship game so these firings are not very surprising they surprise you at all? I can't really say it. I am not surprised. I'm a little surprised by Zimmer. You were not, Coop. You were even advocating for them parting ways, like in a more honorable way, but can't say I'm not surprised. I thought Zimmer was going to stay on another year, but the Vikings are always in this situation. They never they never clinch their playoff berth early. Always coming down to the last couple of weeks or the last game. So, I mean, I guess enough was enough. Yeah, you can't keep going 8-9, 9-8, nine, nine and 9-7, nine and seven and keep having a job. You're just mediocre for five years. You're not going up, not going down. It's better to bottom out and then go over the top again. So I get why Ziggy Wolf, the owner, fired everybody. Makes sense to me. The Bears fired Matt Nagy, their head coach, and general manager Ryan Pace. Chicago was 6-11 and this season. Their general manager, Ryan Pace, traded away their first-round pick next year to get, C- get Justin Fields this year. So it's a great job for the next general manager not having a first-round pick. Yeah, I think you've been saying for a while that Ryan Pace was going to get fired. You've been advocating for Nagy to get fired for years. And I wasn't surprised that he got fired. He had no more years on his contract, and I didn't think he did anything to justify getting a new deal. So I just figured it was easier to just part ways. Um, I believe Pace took Trubisky uh, number two overall, right? So that's kind of that's a big stain on your career. Over Deshaun and Patrick Mahomes. It's not looking great right now. Denver fired Vic Fangio. Denver went 7-10 and 10 this season. In the post-game press conference, they asked Vic Fangio, why didn't your team do better this season? And he just said quarterback play. In our oh. division, there's three elite quarterbacks. And what we have, we have what we have. Just oh. blatantly, like, I'm getting fired because I'm a defensive guy who got given bad quarterbacks. What do you want from me? He's not wrong. But still, he's a thousand percent right. Yeah, I mean he's not wrong, but still, you you didn't acquire these guys midseason. You you knew what you were going in with to start, right? Yeah, but he's a defensive coach. He can't be expected to turn Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater into Mahomes. Like, what's he supposed to do? That's fair. That's fair. I I personally think Denver should have been a little bit better, but by default, you're right. They're kind of yeah. bottom of the of the the they're bottom feeders. They were hit really hard with injuries this year too on the offense, but yeah, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are never going to beat Herbert or Mahomes. You just can't do right. it. And Derek Carr is pretty good too sometimes. And that's why I think some some of these coaches are set up to fail. Like him and Fangio. Oh, sorry. Fangio and Flores uh, kind of walked into these really tough situations. Defensive coaches are always set up to fail now. The NFL has just changed. They're never going to be successful long term. Unless you have a star quarterback, and they're not going to get one, so they're screwed. Yeah. The last one, Dave Gettleman retired. The Giants general manager. Ownership has hadn't met with Joe Judge earlier in the day, but apparently he is staying on. 
The Giants went four and thirteen last this year, and yesterday had one of the worst plays of all time. They ran a quarterback speak, a quarterback sneak at third and nine from like their four yard line. It was the worst play I've ever seen in my life, besides one from the Colts. How do you feel about Gettleman being gone? Uh, I think he's had a lot more misses than hits in his career. So, the Daniel Jones thing in uh, with his tenure as with the Giants is is pretty glaring. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't even know if he was that good on Carolina. They made the Super Bowl, but I don't know if he was actually that, uh, uh, you know, proficient as a GM. So I'm good with him walking away. I I am only going to remember one thing from the Gettleman era in New York. It's at the press conference when they asked him about taking Saquon number two. And how analytics didn't say that was a good idea. And he mimed typing on a computer and said, nerds aren't going to ruin this for me. Wow. <laughs> and it, it was amazing. <laughs> And that's what I'm going to remember the most about his time. It was good. It was a good press conference. Very fun. That's good. Now, is he retiring from football or is he just, just, just stepping down from the Giants? I think he was fired and they said, you can say you retired. Okay. Yeah, that sounds more likely to me. And so the NFL playoff schedule is, is set. It's locked in. We know all of the games. Tennessee and Green Bay both have buys week one. The first Saturday game at 430. The five-seed Raiders are at the four-seed Bengals, Saturday at 8. The six-seed Patriots are at the three-seed Bills. Sunday at 1, the seven-seed Eagles are at the two-seed Buccaneers. Sunday at 4, the six-seed 49ers are at the three-seed Cowboys. Sunday at 7, the seven-seed Steelers are at the two-seed Chiefs. And for the first time, I think, ever, there was a Monday night playoff game. The five-seed Cardinals are at your four-seed LA Rams. Web, do you like this schedule, how it's broken down? I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's good. They spread it out across three days. I'm really excited. I think this is my favorite football weekend of the year, other than the opening weekend. I know yours is usually uh, the draft. It is the draft and next weekend. The divisional. Yeah. Okay. I love wildcard weekend just because, uh, I don't know, it's just fun and, you know, upsets are, like, plentiful and you never know. I think last year... All of the underdogs won this week or next week. I can't remember which one it was. Or it was like three of four where all the underdogs won. That was a very fun week. Okay, Webb. So this did not happen on a whim, these matchups. Some games happened yesterday that were pretty crazy. So your Rams and 49ers played. With the Rams winning, they would have been the two seed. They lost in embarrassing fashion to the 49ers who got into the playoffs because of this. Pathetic. The Raiders and Chargers played. The winner of that game made the playoffs. If both had tied, they both would have been in because the Colts lost to the Jaguars. Instead of that, Pittsburgh is now in. In the Steelers and Ravens games, if the Steelers won and the Colts lost, it gave them a way into the playoffs. The Ravens needed like 15 things to happen, so it was far less likely if they won, they would have been in. And the Colts versus Jags. The Colts had to win this week against the Jags or last week against the Raiders to be guaranteed a playoff spot. They lost both in pathetic fashion and are now eliminated. Did you enjoy the slate of games yesterday? Um, yeah, I enjoyed some of them. I enjoyed the Steelers and Ravens game. thought it was a lot of fun. Obviously, the Raiders and Chargers game was crazy amounts of fun. And I, don't, I think a lot of people expected it to end in a tie um, because I didn't think that... Um, oh my gosh, I forget the kicker's name on, on the Raiders. I thought he was going to miss, honestly. I thought this was going to be a collusion, 
and he's going to miss the field goal. Carlson, is it? It is Carlson. That yeah. Raiders kicker has never missed a field goal in that stadium. He is perfect in that area. I thought this, this is was going to be the time. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the time when he missed. But you're right. That was one of the craziest games I've ever seen in my life. If it tied, I would have enjoyed that personally because the Colts were already out. But Justin Herbert's arm is insane. People are giving him a lot of credit for making plays on fourth down. They don't. What they don't realize is that you had to mess up three times on first, second, and third down to get to fourth down. People forget that. I'm like, he was great on fourth and ten, but he let it get to fourth and ten. There's an issue there. You're a cynic, man. I thought Justin Herbert was... I mean, he got a little bit of help late in the game uh, from the defense. A little bit. A couple times. But I thought the, the game was over. It was 26-14, I think. Or 29-14. Yeah, it was bad. But the Raiders got a lot of help, too. The Raiders had one of the worst pass interference calls I've ever seen in my life. The ball was 20 yards away from the receiver on the Raiders, and they gave a pass interference to the one-yard line. A lot of weird things happened in this game. But good for the Raiders to advance. They've had a crazy season. But I really wish Justin Herbert was in the playoffs instead of Big Ben. Big Ben against Kansas City is going to be terrible this week. Uh, You're right about that. I think more legacy-wise, I like it more for Big Ben. In terms of him making the playoffs again, the game's going to be terrible. That Chiefs and Steelers game, I think, is going to be the worst game uh, this weekend by far. And I, that's the only game I would be surprised if the underdog won. See, but you're not thinking it the right way. If he didn't make the playoffs, he would have won his last two games, not got blown out 40 to 10. He could have said, ah, you know, the situation's happened. I won my last two games. I can ride for the sunset. That's such a better story than. Yeah, I, I I scraped into the playoffs and then got blown out by Patrick Mahomes. Like, it just sucks. And it's going to happen. It's going to be really bad. Oh, it's going to be bad. I'm still going to watch it, but it's going to be bad. But still, at least the Steelers can say they make the play, they made the playoffs again. And they tied a game. It's not often where like it comes down to the wire. You have a, a game tied and you still make the playoffs. Who did they tie? I want to say it's a bad team, a really bad team. A terrible team. It was Detroit. Remember. Oh, it's Detroit. Okay. They tied Detroit. They do not deserve to make the playoffs. They are not good. But see how it goes. I God. Did the Chiefs win by more than 20? I think they do. Yeah, probably. They played like two weeks ago. and They got blown out like 36 to 10, I think. I think that line should be at least 14. So I looked. It's 12 and a half right now. That goes up, man. That has to it's, go up. It's going to go up big time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Webb. Some coaches got fired in the NFL. So you decided that you wanted to talk about coaches you hope get fired in the NBA too because you are the bringer of death. So let's get right into the coaches on the hot seat, Web. It's I I looked over this today and I was surprised because I did not see a lot of coaches that I think are on the hot seat yet. Did you have a lot of names here? I only had a couple that I think realistically could be fired this season. I have like five now. names. I have five names. So I don't think that's a lot out of out of thirty. But um, that could increase. Who knows? So I think some of the names you have, I don't have because I don't think it's fair to fire them for their job. So give me your first name. Yeah, I didn't put emotion into a coop like you did. No, 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 no. Not that. <laughs> it's that the job they were given. It's impossible oh. for them to win. Uh, yeah, I overlooked that as well. Okay, so like. These, these are guys example, who I think. Okay, sorry, go. No, I was going to say, these are guys who I think will get fired. I'm not saying they deserve to get fired, but I think they, it's, it, there's a, a 
50% chance that they get fired or higher. I'm not saying they deserve it. So, so for me, I did not include Houston, Steven Silas Jr., the coach in Oklahoma City, Mark Dagnall, or Dwayne Casey on my list. The Detroit those coach. Are, those are three of the names out of the five on my list. Oh, see, I thought that it was not fair to put them in because they were given such terrible jobs. So my thing is, so I agree with you on, on Steven Silas, and I think that he maybe shouldn't have even taken the job because he was set up to fail. There was no, like, there was no uh, way that he would be um, given a lot of grace because his team is so bad, the situation is so bad. Mark Daniel, and OKC. Sorry. Let's go over all your reasons. Sure. Let's, just, sure. let's start with Steven Silas and Houston. Let's hear your reasons why you think he could be on the hot seat. And, and I'm not advocating for him to get fired. I think this guy should get about four or five years grace period because it's, it's just so toxic in Houston. But the team's really bad. Um, they're 11 and 30 in Houston. They are the third worst team in the NBA. Um, they were really bad last year. They have a good crop of young players. They should be probably a little bit better. There's been some, some situations with Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, um, Gerald Green, who was an assistant coach, just unretired and is now with the G League team for the Houston Rockets, which is hilarious. Is that something that actually happened? That actually happened. He was a, he, he was an assistant coach of the Houston Rockets and said, "You know what? I'm going to play." And they said, "Okay, fine. You can start. With, you can play for the G League team." And he's now back in the G League. That's awful. Terrible. That's how bad the team is. The assistant coaches are coming to play for the, for the squad now. Um, <laughs> and I don't think he's, uh, Steven Stiles should be fired, um, but I think he could be. And I think the seat's very warm. This team's very bad and. The team's all young guys, man. Like John Wall, <clears throat> sorry, John Wall uh, wanted to get traded and the trade market was cold for him, so he wanted to come back. They haven't found a real way to bring him into the rotation. There's been so many people leaving this organization. It's just bad, and I think he can get fired. I don't think he should be, but I, I can see it for sure. So I think he's safe because they knew it was going to be bad. They told John Wall not to show up for games. He's their best player, arguably making $50 million almost. I don't know how you can take $50 million a player off the salary cap and expect the coach to win. I think it's not fair to fire him. That's why I didn't have him on my list. But I like giving guys chances. You know, I'm not the cutthroat businessman Webb is. <laughs> hey, I, think it's, I don't think Steven Stiles should get fired either, but I could definitely see it. And I think that that situation is, is, is toxic, and I, don't think, I, I think a lot of coaches – should turn that down. I don't like that opportunity at all. I think it's dumpster fire, as you would call it. Okay, let's hear why you want the coach in Oklahoma City fired. Uh, the team has done well as of late, but they've been really bad. I think Mark Daniel and, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the GM in, in OKC. Um, Sam Presti. Presti. He should be fired as well. Presti is a good eye for talent, but he's not a good eye for grooming um, championship contenders. Mark Daniel, uh, just alone, just the effort, suffering the worst defeat or the biggest defeat in NBA history. If this team does not make the playoffs, he should be gone. Um, this team's obviously not built to win, but I think it, as an organization, it's not built to win. It's just built to, to draft and stockpile pit, picks. And I think they need to clear uh, sort of clean house. And um, yeah, I'm not sorry, I shouldn't say Mark Daniel should be fired. I can see him 
being fired. I wouldn't be like up in arms if he did. So why I didn't have him on my list is because if he gets fired, Sam Presti's seat gets hot for firing another coach. And he's the person that's building this program. He's the one that traded all the players for draft picks. He's the one that's saying, look four years in the ro- in the future. We'll be good then. If he fires the coach. I think it's a year and a half in. It's going to look really suspect. I think he's safe. Yeah, your rationale and- makes sense as to why he should be. I'm just saying, like, I could see him being fired. Like, I would not be surprised at all. Webb, do you want him fired on Christmas in front of his children? How do you want to do this? <laughs> no, I prefer on his birthday. Cool. In front of his kids, though, right? It's nice. Okay. <laughs> and the last name I had unfireable that you said it should be fired is Dwayne Casey in Detroit. And I thought, like you, that he should be fired. He would be in the hot seats. But I looked into it. He got his contract renewed in like May this year, 2021. Through 2023 and 2024. I think that means Detroit knew what they were getting this season. It was going to be awful. That's why I did not have him on my list. Yeah, I remember the extension and that's that's one saving grace. But the team has been awful. This is his fourth year in um as the detroit head coach no improvement i mean no signs for the playoffs i wouldn't be surprised out of casey silas and danielle i think casey's the one that deserves it uh more than the other three just because he's been there longer and there's been no real turnaround uh the team's really bad the team's always been bad it's been four years my thing is like i think i'm instituting a new sort of rule for myself now when judging these cases sorry judging these coaches three years straight and no playoffs there have to be extenuating circumstances for you not making that and for you saving your job and i just haven't seen that that's fair that's very fair okay web so who is the next name on your list of coaches that should be on the hot seat uh james james barajo from charlotte uh this is also his fourth year in charlotte uh like Dwayne casey and this team is in the eight seed right now. They're 21 and 19. They should be much better than that, but they've had some COVID health protocols and injuries. So that may have been cause for their, um, their record. But uh, if they don't make the playoffs or if they get swept, I think it's going to be hard to make a case for his him keeping his job. This team is pretty good. They're very fun to watch. And um, I would be surprised if he kept his job if they don't you know make a a playoff series close or even win a playoff series so uh that's who i have as another candidate not about him but i think this comes down to lamello's development if lamello is good he stays if lamello takes a step back in the playoffs he's gone more than likely i think maybe i just think that he has two guys on his back who have high standards for winning mitch kupchak who's the lakers um GM, you know, architect for several championship teams, and Michael Jordan, of course, who is not a great actor talent, but still has a very um, high level for uh, a, a competitive edge. So I wouldn't be surprised, I don't, honestly. Fair. Did you have Alvin Gentry on your list? No, because I feel like Alvin Gentry just always is around the coaching circles. So I, I had him on mine, kind of. I was like, he's in Sacramento. He hasn't done a terrible job. But in Sacramento, you never know what's going to happen. If he got fired tomorrow, i like, yeah, that makes sense. He was the coach for 10 years. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, too. I have no idea what's going on there. Yeah, that, yeah, that's it. I, I thought about him, but I didn't have him uh, on my list um, as an interim head coach because I think he's just always 
he was respected enough as as an assistant coach. But um, you never know. How many names do you have left on your list? One. And it might it might surprise you a bit. So before you say it, I have two names on my list, and they are for the same reason. So I don't want you to think that I copied you of the same names. Who is the last name on your list? Uh, Mike Malone in Denver. That is surprising. Yeah, Mike Malone. Uh, Denver's been struggling. They had the big injury to Michael Porter Jr. Jamal Murray hasn't played yet. The team's thin, but this is Mike Malone's seventh season in Denver, and they've had, what, one Western Conference Finals appearance? I think this team has been better than that. Nikola Jokic won the MVP last year. I think Malone's a good coach. Uh, he, um, he used to be in Sacramento. DeMarcus Cousins loves them and praises them. But I think if the team is out in the first round, if Jamal Murray comes back and uh, the team's out in the first round or they really underachieve, I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone, honestly. I have a pushback really quick. Are the people in Denver too high to know how to see how it's been going the last seven years? Is that possible? High in altitude or high on other things? Take it however you want. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a good – it's kind of the, the reason Mike Zimmer got fired. Things have not been great. You expect more. That makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, and you have Jokic. Even when Jokic, Porter – Jamal Murray, they were all there. They did really well like once, and that was like a Western Conference Finals appearance. It wasn't even that close. It was not. So I have two names on my list, and I think they're going to surprise you. And they're for the same reason. They were brought in this season to fix problems, and things have arguably gotten worse in Boston and in Indiana. I'm Yudoka and Rick Carlisle. Yudoka was brought in to fix Tatum and Brown playing ability, and they can't play together. It's been terrible. They should be one of the best four teams in the East with those talent in their mind. They're 19 and 21. The Pacers made some noise last year. They weren't terrible. They're 15 and 25 right now. You're talking about blowing it all up. I'm not sure that you bring a guy in to fix things and it gets worse. You want to keep him around. I think you might want to blow everything up and get rid of those guys too. I would not be shocked if they were both out of there. When I thought about Yudoka um, for like a second. I see where you're going with this, but I think it would be really bad on Brad Stevens' first year as an executive to fire the first coach he's ever hired. Even if it looks really bad, even if it looks like Tatum and Brown can't play together. Tatum looks great, by the way. Boston does not. But um, Brown does too. That's the thing. Sorry, sorry. Brown Brown looks great. Brown looks like the better out of the two, to be honest, this year. He had 50 a couple games ago. He had 37. Like a couple, yeah, he's been playing great. It's crazy. Yeah, I think he dropped like 45 or 50 in the opening, during the opening week against the Knicks. He's been yeah. really good. The issue is that when one of them has the ball, the other one just stands to the corner and doesn't do anything. Yeah, It's my turn, your turn thing. It doesn't work. And it, I don't know how the interview went, but I'm sure... Udoka said, yeah, I can fix this problem. I can get them to play together. Because that's what every coach would say in that interview. I can fix this. I can fix this. Get the five-year, four-year contract. And then you get fired in year two. You're like, yeah, it's okay. I got four years of pay. Yeah. I just... Yeah, Carlisle and Udoka. Carlisle more than Udoka. I had Carlisle... I had Udoka first. I was like, if Udoka's on the hot seat, Carlisle's definitely on the hot seat. Things got worse there. And Carlisle, yeah. I don't think Carlisle gets fire just because I think that was a big hire for them and they can't fire three coaches in three years. That's crazy. 
I'm not saying Carlisle deserves to stay. I'm just saying that three coaches in three years is that's crazy. I'm I, I get your rationale. It's just from a, an optics standpoint, the two Nates and then Carlisle. It's, really, it's, it's really two and a half coaches. The second coach <laughs> well, Nate was just the it was the name change. It was the same yeah, name. So. It's basically so. the same guy. Come on. And, and and the funny thing is the first Nate Nate McMillan uh, had a great run with Atlanta. So you look real dumb not keeping him. I mean, he almost made my list this year. But he just got signed last year. I was like, ooh, Atlanta's looking pretty pretty bad right now. Really? I think Atlanta's going to turn it around. I think it's uh, I think it's early for Nate. I mean, they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. And they're 17-22 and 22 right now. They had expectations. Yeah. yeah, but it's early. It's early. It's early. They, I... They were in second last year. They were in 12th right now. That's a big jump. Down. That's a big step down. I think I you and I both had them on the over. It was like 46 wins. We both said over. I know, but the I can see Atlanta turning it around. The Hornets and Detroit, Houston, OKC, I don't see a turnaround much. I mean, Charlotte, I hope for a turnaround. But if Charlotte's two games over 500 for the rest of the year, I'm not shocked. I expect yep. Atlanta to just like tear off some wins and make it to like the fifth seed. The problem with Atlanta is that Trey Young should be selling popcorn in the stands, but instead he's playing point guard. That's the biggest issue, I think, for them. You keep disrespecting but, that, this man, and then, and then he'll be your favorite player in the playoffs. Watch. Yeah. I'm a hypocrite. What do you want from me? I, <laughs> I will insult him whenever it suits me, and then I'll say, no, I never did that in like three months. That makes sense. At least you're honest. 100%. So my first MVP candidate is Trey Young. Web. Let's get to our MVP candidates. The season is, I want to say, like 40% finished, almost 50. There are some names. How many MVPs did you have listed, guys, that you think could win? I had five and like a half, but I'll stick to five. I did five, too. Before I start, I'm going to say that there is one guy who's clearly above the rest right now. I think it's pretty obvious. The next four are guys I think... If an injury happens, they could be in a situation to take advantage. But I think there's one in the big step down for the other four. Would you agree with that? Uh, not so much. Okay. Not in a big step down, but I think there is one that I have had for the entire year. But Okay. Let's start with your number five. We'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Sure. Uh, I have Donovan Mitchell. He made my list. I think he's been fantastic. Uh, he's top 10 in scoring. Utah's doing well as usual. They're... One of the top-rated defenses, one of the top-rated offenses. He's been um, on a tear lately, and um, his numbers are good. Basically, what around twenty-six points per game, close to to four assists per game. Sorry, four rebounds a game and about five assists per game. Those are really good numbers. Team's doing really well in the West, and he's also one of the most exciting players to watch. I had him fourth on my list for that exact reason. Utah's third in the West, they're 28 and 12, and he is the key reason. And I refuse to give Rudy Gobert any credit. So Mitchell's even higher in my books. I love Donovan Mitchell. He's great. Yeah. Number four on my list. My number five is John Morant. And he's only played 29 games, but he's just so much fun to watch. He's 25 a game, six boards, seven assists. They're fourth in the West, nine and one in their last 10. He missed some of those games, but when he's back, the offense looks different. Is he the best athlete in basketball right now? Uh, I don't know about that, but for like a guard, yeah, for sure. So the guys I consider athlete-wise, LeBron's too old, Russ is too old, 
Zion's too fat. I think it's jaw. I really do. I'd have we're to think gonna, about it. We already got to his block a little bit later in the show, but like, I've seen no one else do anything like that before. It was insane. Yeah, it was great. I think. I mean, I think his size really helps. He's only like six three, so I think him doing that looks very different than someone who's six seven, six eight. Always got a ruin for the little guy. You're a bad person. <laughs> Who is number four on your list? I have Demar Derozan, and if you had Derozan after Donovan Mitchell or after John Morant, that's fine. Um, and that's more a narrative. He's uh, he's averaging twenty six five and just under five. I had him on number three on my list, so yeah, I had it. Uh, Jaw, Donovan Mitchell, DeRozan is five through three. I think Demar has been incredible this season. I think he's been great. I think a lot of it's on narrative. Um, Chicago is really bad. Two reasons why I think Jaw, why DeRozan jumps out. Chicago was really bad last year, and now they're doing really well. He's fourth in scoring, I believe, or last time I checked, he hits his free throws. He had a couple game winners. Um, I just. I would have him higher, but he has Zach Levine on his list, on his team. He got Alex Caruso. He got Lonzo Ball. So I think that hurts his case as the MVP. He is not the sole reason why Chicago is doing well. Zach Levine is fantastic. And the team also made some great additions on defense. So I think that also helps as well. Uh, Everything you said is true. But when a guy comes from a different team and the team is automatically way better, he gets the credit always. They're first in the East, 26 and 11, ahead of the guy I know you think is MVP in the East, just destroying him by record. Played 34 games. I think that's really important. I think games played for MVP really matters. The Jokic versus MB thing for me made me really look at games played in debating things like this. So DeMar there for every game, really important. Really impressive to me. So that was your number four, right? Correct. Who is your number three? My number, my number three uh, MVP candidate would be Steph Curry. Yeah, I just I want to punch you in the face right now. Honestly, I think everyone's getting caught up in the the three point uh, uh, all time leader. Um, he's done a great job. He's averaging um, twenty seven five rebounds, about six assists, good numbers. Um, I think it's his lowest year shooting the three ball. Uh, he's top five in scoring. He's been very relevant, very electric, very fun to watch. But what hurts him, I think, is that he has a really good team. I think people underrate the team that he has. Um, like I said, his numbers are not what they used to be. He used to be a 50, 40, 90 guy. That's dropped um, in some of the categories. Uh, I think when Clay returns, which he has returned uh, this past weekend, that's going to have his numbers dip a little bit. Um, and the team's just really good. So, you know, I think if people are getting caught up in, you know, the fanfare and the, the relevance of the three-point, um, him chasing Ray Allen's all-time three-point record, he's been really good, but I don't think he's been the most valuable player. I think this team's good enough to compete. He is number one on my list, so we disagree by a huge amount there. <laughs> Who is number two on your list? I can't wait for this one. This is the guy that I said in my preseason picks was going to be MVP winner. That's John Morant. And the reason why I have John Morant is because he's been fantastic. He's been amazing. Like you said, the offense is different when he's there. Memphis still did well. That's what hurts John Morant. Memphis still performed well when Jaw was out with the knee injury. Uh, he missed 12 games and Memphis went 12-2. and two And they're a much better defensive team when Jaw is not there. And they're sneaky deep. They have a good roster too. Um, and they have a very... Um, 
a good uh, roster of guards, but they're a small market team. Uh, you know, Jaw's very explosive. His play is very uh, uh, um, uh, exciting to watch. He's having a career year. He's averaging between 24 and 25 points per game, five, uh, almost six rebounds a game, almost seven assists per game. Those numbers are not that different from Steph, to be honest, in terms of like the, the points, rebounds, assist averages. Um, he's a- actually averaging more rebounds and assists than Steph. He doesn't shoot the three ball as much as Steph, so he's only two points under, drives to the basket, and has had a lot of memorable plays. He's also been um, the player of the week, back-to-back weeks this year. I think the second half of the season is his to to dominate, and I'm really excited. Memphis, Memphis, like, I have them as the number four seed, and I think they're a real contender. They're a sneaky contender. They are a contender. They looked great when Ja was not there. So the team was really good around Ja, which is very fun to watch. If Ja played in more games, I would have had him higher on my list. He played 29 games. That's seven less than Steph. I think that matters. But it's a good pick. I like ja. I love Ja. He wears number 12. Like that traitor Andrew Luck. So I just got a notification on my phone that Andrew Luck is at the college champion football championship right now. And I wanted to break my phone. So let's move on, Webb. Number two on my list, and I guess number one on your list, is Kevin Durant. 33 games this year, 30 points a game, almost eight, re- almost eight rebounds, six assists. They are second in the East at 25 and 13. I guess because you're so used to the Lakers, you think 25 and 13 is a good record. So I get why you have him at number as number one on the MVP scale. I just think that teams have played better. You said Steph has a great team around him. Kevin Durant has Harden and now Kyrie back. But that doesn't matter to, to Webb. Webb's hypocritical nature of being in love with Kevin Durant has gone too far. He has snatched the MVP from the deserving hands of Steph Curry to give it to that traitor, Kevin Durant. Disgraceful. It's no secret that I love Kevin Durant. No secret. Um, but KD, again, a lot of people didn't know what KD was going to be like coming back. It's like it's like you with Dak Prescott, Coop. You write this guy off when the injury happens. I don't know if he looked the same, Webb. I don't Stop know if he'll be the this. same. There's no way he'll be the same. We had a full Kevin Durant podcast. I just don't think he'll look the same. He comes back, is 2014 Kevin Durant, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's what we expect. The man's averaging seven, sorry, 30, let's just say 37 and six. Leading the league in scoring. Yes, he has Harden. So that hurts him. Uh, good supporting cast. That hurts him. Um, top in field goals made. He had Kyrie for one game so far in this year. And he'll only have Kyrie on the road. An important game. Very important game. He is, to me, and I've said this before, the most, uh, sorry, the, the, the GOAT, the greatest of all time when it comes to uh, a, a, an offensive skill just having that whole arsenal seven feet tall but can play any position on offense great defender can shoot it from anywhere and that's what he does he's automatic his mid-range is his mid-range is water coop water he's a b minus dirk nowitzki but that's fine wow okay all right <laughs> fighting words fighting words Web looks so triggered right now i love it <laughs> it's a huge trigger for me um but he's also been uh so KD is also the player of the month in December. December, I took that into account as well, like just consistency. Steph Curry was also player of the month for the East, sorry, for the West in December. 
Um, so I just think Katie's just been fantastic. Yeah, you would. You would. Do you remember what our second podcast ever was? To be honest, I don't know. You had us do a whole podcast on an article in the Wall Street Journal about Kevin Durant that no one had read. They're like, this is important. I was like, all right, I guess. Oh, was that the one on his rehab? When he was... Yeah, you're yeah. in love with Kevin Durant. It's disgraceful. And I'm not shocked by this at all because you are predictable. It's terrible. My, my, my favorite player of all time is Kobe Bryant. Uh... It's not anymore. No, 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 no. It'll always be Kobe. But, but Kevin Durant is just a phenom, like, in terms of, like, his ability to score from just anywhere. I still think Kobe's a better player. But KD right now, my God. My God, Coop. Keep lying to yourself. Okay. Let's talk about some guys who might get traded to KD's team when he ships off some guys in a couple of months. So how I look at trade candidates every year I look for players on bad teams or guys that aren't contributing on good teams in the last year of their contract. Is that mostly what you did as well? No. Um, it could have been, but it, 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 the last year of the contract didn't have to be a factor. But that's fair what you considered. But um, no, It wasn't everything. It wasn't yeah. everything, but I looked at that as a key thing. because I think those guys are more likely to get traded. So, yeah. Kind of like so. What I looked at was the underachievers who who would probably make a move, and then also factored in those bad teams that had good players that may want to move those good players off the bad team onto those teams that are good who are underachieving. If that makes sense. You said it in 185 too many words. That's fine. Who is yeah, honest, how, I hate how many so names much. do you how many names did you have on your list? Uh, I had more names being shipped out than coming in. But I had three guys that sort of uh, circulated. Um, sorry, that overlapped. Okay. We can go. We can keep going. Let's hear your first name. Buddy Heald, man. I think that's a popular name. And I think I love Buddy Heald. I think he's elite. One of the elite, elite shooters in the league. And I think there are a number of teams that can use his services. And I think that he should probably be on his way out from Sacramento. I know at my job, I don't want them to be advertising that I'm on the market or that they're they're looking to replace me. So Buddy Heald is a, a, a player that I think can, um, can help a number of teams. Buddy Heald made my list as well. And just think, the Lakers could have had him instead of Westbrook. Good for you, Webb. Good for you. Yeah, I think the Lakers could still use him. <laughs> they definitely could. Yeah, it'd be a good help. Yeah. The first name on my list was Goran Dragic. Toronto. He got traded there in the offseason. He's a free agent at the end of the season. When he got traded to Toronto, he basically said he did not want to come. And he goes, no, no, that's not what I meant exactly. I think Dallas is going to push for him come the trade deadline. I think Toronto will probably move him. I think Toronto has to move him. I think you're right. I don't know where he goes, to be honest, but I think Dragic is a good name because he's in his mid-30s. I think he still has a little bit of gas left in the tank um, for like a playoff series. Great at getting to the basket. And hit the three lefty. Um, be good on Dallas. He's one of the has... most underrated players I think in the last six, seven years. Because he's he's really good and no one talks about him really. He's just yeah. available. Yeah, he just he just doesn't fit on the Raptors. Like he can't he can't play defense like they want. And he also can't hit the three like they want. Um, and he's not gonna be able to keep up like someone like with someone like Gary Trent uh, Jr. on the team. Um, 
So I can see them moving him out. They also gave him like a leave of absence. Just here, just earn this check by doing nothing. And Simmons special, kind of. Yeah. Except that no one's mad at Goran Dragic. No Raptors fans are mad at Dragic right now. It's a very different situation. <laughs> yeah. I think Raptors fans understand that he did not want to come here. Yeah. He didn't sign a contract here. So they don't, like no Raptors fan were mad at Kawhi when he left. They were like, "Good for you, Kawhi. Go have fun." I think Raptors fans get it. Like Toronto was really cold. You're from in Miami. You don't want to come to Toronto for vacation. Like you would never do it. So yeah. I think they get it. Yeah, and especially if you want to win a championship and you're in your mid 30s, your career is almost over. Toronto's not the place you want to be right now. Sure. Who's the next name on your list? Uh, CJ McCollum. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think. On this podcast, at least two years ago, I said they should have moved in, if not longer than that. There's no reason for him to still be on the Blazers. It it hasn't worked. They should have moved him years ago. The reason they didn't is because they made that Western Conference Finals. So like maybe if we get a break here, we go to the... it was never going to happen again. You got so lucky that year. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think a number of teams could use him. A team like Denver, I think, could use him. In addition, uh, sorry, also Buddy Heald. I didn't really mention a team that can use Buddy Heald other than the Lakers. I think Denver could use him. Um, actually, that's probably a team that I like him the best, to be honest. But I think Portland just needs to move on from, from CJ McCollum. So I had CJ on my list, kind of. I had the Portland three. I had Dame, CJ, and Nurkic. Nurkic is a free agent after this season. The West has a lot of bigs. They have Aiton, Jokic, AD, maybe. Jokic, Nurkic is a big body who can play some defense a little bit. I think someone will trade for him. I'd be shocked if Portland didn't blow this up. Like, I'd be very surprised if they didn't do it because this team is not good. They're not going to get better. Dame is now hurt out for an unknown amount of time. By the way, for anyone listening, he's available in our fantasy league for trade if anyone wants him. And it's just like, what are you doing in Portland? You're not doing anything. Move on. I've offered you uh, players for Damian Lillard, uh, but you rebuffed my offers. you offer the worst trades of all time. And that's coming from me, who offers bad trades on principle. Your <laughs> trades are worse than mine. Whatever. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, another name I had on my list was Chris Boucher on the Raptors, who I think is a really good player and has a lot of potential. But just on the Raptors, he's just buried deep in that rotation with Kem Birch, uh, with Precious. It's just, it's a lot. And he's not going to get the minutes that he probably deserves. And miss training camp. I don't think this year is going to be good for him. I like Boucher a lot. I like him too. But I don't like him on the Raptors this year. He's Them getting uh, Precious, Achua, and, and Ken Birch. Ken Birch has looked good. Um, it's just where where does Boucher get his, 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 his reps, really? He looks the weirdest of any player in the league shooting a basketball. It's yeah, real form. weird. It's yeah, it's is, real weird. It's weird, yeah. I like him though. It's really weird. I like him. I like That's him. I think if he I think if he goes on another team, um, you know, there's some rumors out there like Sacramento and and Minnesota and stuff, but I think if he goes on another team, he can have he can blow up. He had twenty eight and nineteen so. the other day. I hope so. He's got a lot of potential. The next two names on my list are kind of the same thing. Uh John Wall and Ben Simmons. I'm not sure either will get traded. John Wall said he wants to trade. He wants to play. No one's taking that contract. Ben Simmons, nobody knows. I have I no Simmons, idea. I think Simmons is gone at coming trade deadline. I think he's done. 
He's been fined. I said I read over $10 million this year so far for not showing up to games. He tried the mental health excuse. I think that did not work. He has no reason to not be at games aside just not wanting to play. But I really think Daryl Morey will not trade him for nothing. He wants to get a player back. And I think that's looking worse and worse every day. Someone's going to try and steal him for nothing. I think they might have, they might be able to do it come February. So my thing is, if you're not going to trade him in February because you think you're going to get pennies on the dollar, why will it be even better in the offseason? He'll be a year older. I just don't understand why it would be more favorable for Philly to trade him in the offseason when he hasn't played for a full season. And now it'll just, to me, it'll look more desperate. It might not be better, but it might be Ben Simmons is $36 million poorer and has an expensive lifestyle in LA and might need some money. So maybe coming back to Philly might look a little better. <laughs> I read an article where he buys a car a month. Like an expensive car every month, like a $300,000 car every month. He's been fined $11 million this year. He might need those game checks real soon. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't trade for Ben Simmons at all because he just doesn't seem like a good leader or a good decision maker. Is he dating a Jenner right now? I honestly don't know. I can't keep up. I think Devin Booker is. I, so I'm going to say no. Because I think Devin Booker is currently dating one of those individuals. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I thought he was dating a Jenner, but I could be wrong. I think he was at one point. I don't know if it's currently the same situation. I'm going to assume the kind of women he's trying to date are expensive to be around. I think he needs some money. I think he's going to realize that his business manager says, hey, you know what you should do? Play basketball for $35 million next year. And Philly might start looking a lot better than the unemployment line. I agree with you. I think, um, yeah, he's just not a good decision maker. He's not. doesn't seem like a very smart person. This blew up in his face. Really did. I'm really happy it did. Who's the next name on your list? So this kind of came today. I don't know if I kind of cheated. But I think Atlanta has a few people. One of them being John Collins, who I like a lot. Uh, but he came out um, yesterday with a couple of comments about the offense that he didn't like. Atlanta struggling, like you said. Maybe moving him is not the worst idea. He's been playing well. I like him. He gave him the, the, the big contract, but maybe moving him isn't the worst idea. I've never been the biggest John Collins guy. Maybe it's just because he's with Trey Young, so I don't like him on principle. But yeah, I don't. What are you getting from him every night? What is what is he? Is he a power forward? He's not a center. Like What is he? Oh, he's not a center. He's, he, he's like a four. He can hit the three. Uh, he can drive to the basket. He's athletic, explosive. Um, you know, takes it to the rim. He's fun. He's energetic. Has ups, like serious hops. But um, yeah, he's not a he's not a franchise altering guy. I, I I like him. I think he. I don't think he should be your second option or anything. But. I think he's what the Sacramento Kings thought Marvin Bagley was going to be, and I'm not sure that's a winning player. I'm not sure if he's good enough to be the number two guy on a really good team. I don't think he is. Probably not. Like, I would like, you know where he, he might look good? Like, on the Spurs, maybe. Like, That's interesting. That system. That's interesting. The next guy on my list was Marvin Bagley, and I had the Spurs as a location for him. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bagley has made it known he's not happy in Sacramento, and they're not happy with him. Walton really didn't like him. Gentry's playing a little bit more, but... He's been injured basically his whole career. I think he needs to change change the scenery. I'm not sure what he is, but I think you're never going to find out what he is if he stays in Sacramento. He has to go somewhere else. But pick, I think for both sides, it's the best to part ways. I feel sorry for Marvin Bagley because I think he's a good player. I like him, but he hasn't been able to stay on the court. And, and the Luka thing, 
is haunting him. It really is. It's really bad. And Trey Young, like, I just, I don't know that he's a good player yet. That's the thing. Like, the upside was there. He's good for two games, and then he's hurt or he's out. I just don't know what he is and what he's going to be. I would not trade a real asset to get him. I. What's the best you could get, like, you could get Marvin Bagley, I think, for very little right now. The cost would be very low. Probably. Yeah. How many names do you have left on your list? I only have one name left. Um, I don't have, like, ten, but one real <laughs> one. <laughs> I'm just crazy. But uh, DeMontis Sabonis is my next name on the list. Okay. So I kind of had that, too. I had the or- I had the Indiana guys. Just a bunch of them are going to go. And I have no idea which ones it's going to be. So I agree with you that a number of them could go, but because Sabonis has been like publicly um, saying that he's out, he wants out of Indiana. I think he should go as well. I also don't know what Sabonis is on another team. Like, is he just a good player on a bad team or a good player on a mediocre team? Um, I don't know, man. He's he, he he's a good you know double double on a nightly basis, but. I just don't know what he is on a winning team. I think he could play the John Collins role in Atlanta very well. I think that actually would be kind of an interesting trade. Sabonis for Collins. But I like Sabonis. But apparently Indiana is more likely to trade Miles Turner because they like Sabonis more. But I have no idea who's going to get traded there. Karis Lavert apparently is available. Indiana's a dumpster fire. And it's Rick Carlisle's fault. And Luka Doncic broke him. That's all there is to it. Okay. I only have one name left on my list, but I am very interested to hear a couple more of your names. Give me a couple more guys that are realistically on the trade market here. Well, I'd have to think that Russ, Russell Westbrook is on the trade market. Not that he's going to get traded, but I can definitely see him getting traded if the right offer comes along. Is the right offer anything? Because I think that's what you're talking about. If anything is offered for Russell Westbrook, take it. No, I like, I'm a Laker fan, and I, I like Russ. And I think you should know what you're getting when you get Russ. And I think he's been he's been solid, um, but I don't know, man. Like, I mean, there's been a lot of injuries, a lot of injuries, and stats have come out showing, you know, like the big three hasn't played much together. Uh, Russ has been the most consistent one out of the three to play, but yeah, I mean, he's not a great defender. He's obviously not a great shooter. His decision making is suspect sometimes. But on the flip side, you get this explosive player. You get a player who. <laughs> You get you get someone who some who at times can find players well. Like sometimes he can he has great court vision, you get to the basket, uh effort is relentless. It's kind of like a mixed bag you get with him. I like him though. He's a great athlete and a and a great competitor. Why are you trying to gaslight NBA general managers right now? No one's falling for this. He's making forty four million dollars this year and forty seven million dollars next year. Do you use spot track a lot? Oh uh, yeah, I do. I love SpotTrack. I think it's a, a great website. So on the right-hand side of that site, it has five trending players. Do you know who number two is right now? Don't tell me it's Russ. It's 100% Russell Westbrook. Because everyone's thinking like you, like, maybe the Lakers can get rid of him. And look it up, like, no, no one's taking that contract. Yeah, it's a bad happen. contract. Bad contract. Bad. You have to trade him for another star. So it has to be like Kevin Love for Russell Westbrook. I don't think LeBron wants to do that again. Like, oh. it's, it's, it's ugly. There are only a few guys who are in that salary range where it makes sense. And I just think that you're stuck with that one. But nice try, trying to people. That was a good job by you. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, it could be some, some role players that you trade Russ for. No, no one's doing this. <laughs> <laughs> They're crazy. Okay, give me a couple more names. 
I, I know you have a good one that isn't Laker related because you're a dirtbag. Uh, I mean, good as in I think they should get rid of this player, but I don't, I don't think the player is good. Aaron Gordon on Denver. I don't think he's good at all. But I'm obviously blind and other people see it because when Denver traded for him, a lot of analysts thought that was a great trade. And then when they gave him $96 million, which I still don't understand, no one was outspoken against that except for you and I. So I think Aaron Gordon needs to get with the hell out of Denver because he's not good. So I like Aaron Gordon and I like the trade because it was so low risk. But when they gave him $96 million, I could not believe it. And then they gave Michael Porter Jr. like $200 million almost. And those are maybe the two of the worst contracts in the league that are not Russell Westbrook and John Wall. Like, it's terrible. God, that's bad. Yeah, he's not getting traded. Denver's locked in. Denver's locked in. They're not moving him. They're they're running in his back. It's bad. It's a a bad uh, situation in Denver. It's going to be Jokic averaging 20... 15 and 15 for the next five years and or or until he demands a trade and uh the nuggets losing or until the morris brothers catch up with him whatever happens first yeah i'd pay to see that i would too that'd be a good fight the last thing on my list is gary harris in orlando i like i like i like gary harris too but orlando is terrible he's a free agent after the season trade him to a contender and hope you get back some draft picks Maybe a young guy, do something like that. Like having him in Orlando does nothing for you this season, besides hurt your draft choices next year. I like Gary Harris. So I'm a little disappointed by his NBA career, but he's one of my favorite players coming out of college. Um, he was really good. He just can't stay healthy. Denver, he was hit or miss, but he's been pretty good in Orlando, at least this season. And um, that's not a bad choice to have him load up uh, a contender. He'd be a really good uh, 3 and D guy. Yeah, I was just thinking, like, Miami doesn't really need shooting, but Milwaukee could use shooting. Philly desperately needs shooting. Mem- uh, Dallas could use shooting. Denver could use shooting. The Lakers desperately need shooting. A lot of teams could use a shooter like Gary Harris, and I think that come the trade deadline, he'll be greatly sought after. Hopefully. Okay, who else do you have for this list? Uh, I had a bunch of Knicks players and a couple of... Um, Hawks players and Celtics players. So those three teams. Yeah, I Celtics I definitely see. They can blow it up. I think the Knicks are locked in with Tibbs, but I kind of want Obi to Obi Toppin somewhere else. Like a lot. I, I love Obi Toppin. I think he was a really good player in college and he needs uh he needs to be set free more to really show his um to show what he can do as an offensive player and as someone who's uh pretty explosive as well. So uh, that would be fun. Yeah, I think so too. Okay, well, let's move to the story of the day. Clay Thompson returns. He has not played an NBA game in over 900 days. The, every single Warriors player wore Clay Thompson jersey to the arena last night. Draymond started and then fouled someone immediately to leave the game because he has a calf injury. He wanted it on record. He was there when, when Clay came back. Clay scored Golden State's first basket of the game. Played 20 minutes, had 17 points, a thunderous dunk. Golden State won the game 96-82. Clay ended 17 points, 7 of 18 shooting, 3 of 8 from 3. So he had 18 shots. He had a green light to shoot. What do you think this means for Golden State and for the league in general? I think it's a bonus for Golden State. 
think it's uh, a luxury. Steph can take his gap, gas, his foot off the gas a little bit. Uh, Clay looked. He started off a little rough, a little rusty, but he ended uh, much better. The dunk was very surprising. Like it was almost a facial. Um, he was very uh, enthusiastic, very energized, and I like that they didn't force the shots for him. Kind of came naturally uh, after a while. Uh, but I think he looked good. 17 points. Looked pretty good. I don't know how much he's going to play. He's not going to play in back-to-backs. His minutes will probably be restricted. And honestly, they have the driver's seat for the first place uh, in the West. I don't think they need to really unleash him until the playoffs. He's probably more anxious to play than they need him to play. But I think he looked really good. So Steve Kerr said he wants to play Clay in four to five minute stretches. So four minutes at a time, come out of the game. Four minutes at a time, come out of the game. I wouldn't be surprised to see them bring him on as a sixth man. Obviously, his talent, just until he gets healthy, until he gets run up. I was listening to the announcer yesterday at the Golden State game, and he made this point, so I'm just stealing it right now, that it's much harder to do that for a starter. If he's the sixth man at the bench, it's much easier to bring him in and out of the game. Just at different times. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Golden State do that going forward. Just to get him acclimated back to NBA speed, and then obviously when he's when he's healthier, he's a starter. He's one of the best players in the league. I'm just happy he's back, man. Clay is personality wise my favorite player in the league. He's the best. He's the best player, the nicest guy. He got interviewed about scaffolding one day in New York, and no one knew he was an NBA player. And Clay is just the best person. I love him. Yeah, I, like, I like that he's low key. Um, I was surprised that he's only been on the all-NBA um, defensive team one time. For some reason, I thought he had been more than that because he's, he's such a known presence defensively. Um, and I thought he looked really good. I still, I, man, I, I really wish that, that dunk that he had against the Raptors in the finals, he didn't go up with two hands. I think that knee injury could have been avoided. But And then the Achilles injury after that, man, like that's two and a half years out of your career. He's, he's going to be 33 this year. So I think they really have to manage his minutes. They really have to ensure that they're not working too hard. Because you know when you come back from the Achilles, the other muscles t- tense up. And that's when you start to rupture a, a, a quad or a hamstring or a calf. He's coming off an Achilles injury and a torn ACL. So he needs to watch the other knee. He needs to watch the other Achilles, calf muscles, the quads, the hamstrings, um, all of those things. Like. They really need to be careful with him. No, I agree with you. I think they, they've been ramping up for like two and a half months, though. So I think they're aware. I hope they're aware of this because I do not want to see Clay, Clay injured again. You could just tell that like the whole league was happy to have him back. No one has a bad word to say about him. And I think because he's been on Steph's team is the reason that he doesn't get the all defense, all defense credit he deserves. It's like with Pippen and Jordan. Pippen was a top five player in the league when Jordan was there, but Jordan got all the credit. Pippen was amazing. But like, no, it's Jordan, it's Jordan, it's Jordan. And Clay's been amazing, but it's Steph, it's Steph, it's Steph. So it, it's a gift and a curse, I guess, for him. But I think he kind of likes being the second banana because it keeps him out of the spotlight a little bit. But Clay is absolutely incredible. Maybe we need to start talking more about him as one of the greatest shooters of all time because him and Steph are averaging, uh, in terms of like at least percentage, around the same, 42%. Um, and Clay lost two and a half years, so he's nowhere near the amount of threes that Steph made. He's only he's just under eighteen hundred 
but he's he's definitely one of the, the best shooters. He, his name doesn't get mentioned as much. Sorry, it wouldn't be as mentioned as much as Steph, but it doesn't get mentioned as much in general. I'm going to say this right now. Steph is a better volume three-point shooter than Clay. Clay is a better three-point shooter than Steph. Yeah, he just doesn't give, take as many. Clay is a better shooter. You give Steph, you give Clay, he's a set shooter. So you give him, you give him the ball in the, uh, on the baseline, you give him the ball uh, uh, on the elbow, you give him the ball straight up, he hits it. Steph is a better shooter, I think, off the dribble and in tight spaces, I think. I think Clay off a screen or Clay just um, uh, just by himself, I think, yeah, he probably is a better shooter. But, but Steph is definitely more exciting. Oh, for sure. This isn't a knock on Steph. It's just Clay is, I think, fundamentally, maybe the best shooter ever. Like his, it's ridiculous how good his stroke is. It's amazing. He doesn't get the recognition. No, doesn't get it. And I'm, I, I, and for what I've read, I think he's beaten Steph on a number of competitions uh, behind I, closed doors. I think he averages a better percentage than Steph every year. Like I think it's pretty consistently like over what Steph does. But I think Steph just think, takes way more shots. I think Steph has. So I, I looked at it yesterday. Uh, Clay has, uh, I think, just under 42, and I think Clay, uh, uh, Steph has just under 43. So it's about the same. But if you look at the volume, like you said, that Steph puts up, um, you know, that number that he hit, he's, he's been in way more games than Clay has. He also was drafted earlier. Uh, so that is a little skewed. I love Clay. He's just the best. I'm glad he's back. I'm really happy he's back. But let's talk about someone that never left. John Morant. Last night, he had the block of of this season for sure. It's maybe the craziest thing I've ever seen block-wise. Avery Bradley on your Los Angeles Lakers went up for a layup. Ja jumped, somehow used both hands, almost hit his head on the rim, caught the ball against the backboard, and then came back down. I cannot remember ever seeing a block like this athletic. Like it's insane how little he is to do that. It looked like he was 12 feet in the air. It made no sense. Like the physics of it didn't make sense. And the fact that it happened against your Lakers made me so happy. How did you feel seeing John Morant suck the soul out of Avery Bradley? I was fine with that. I thought it was a very impressive block. So I was cool with it being counted and with him doing it like we know the athlete that John Morant is and the hunger that he has so that was very impressive um, and Jaws that kind of player like he's a risk taker he sacrifices his body so I think I do think that his size his height makes it look more um, unbelievable than it would be from let's say LeBron doing that or from uh, someone like Iguodala or someone like that uh chasing down a block uh someone from that at that size it'll look great so i all in all i thought it was a fantastic block and i think also with the whole narrative with memphis doing really really well and jaw doing really well that that would stand out i think if it were another player on a trash team that wouldn't have stood out as much i mean memphis is what the seventh seed they're 21 and 20 oh that's the lakers it's my fault honest mistake Memphis is the four seed, and your superstar Lakers are the seven seed. That's crazy. I didn't notice that until just now. Honest mistake. How does it feel that right. Memphis, this small town, the small market team, is just destroying the Lakers? How do you feel about that? About that? Well, the Lakers are missing Anthony Davis. Um, so is that surprising? Is it surprising they're missing Anthony Davis? No, but I mean, I mean, they're a good team. I had Memphis as the, my number four team uh, going into the season. They're a very deep team. 
They can shoot. They can drive to the basket. They're young. They're quick. Great chemistry. Uh, very underrated guard depth. And um, John Morant, fantastic. John Morant, indeed. The true MVP over your fake MVP, Kevin Durant. I, I had John to win it in my preseason picks. But right now, I think KD's still ahead of him. But I'm okay with giving it to Ja. I'm cool with that. So something you have to know about me is that I don't notice any player's numbers at all. Football-wise, basketball-wise, number 12 is my lucky number. And last night was the first time I noticed that Ja is also number 12. I've just never noticed that before. And now he has overtaken Luka as my favorite NBA player. It's now Ja's. So congratulations, Mr. Morant. You've earned this. You didn't notice that Aaron Rodgers is number 12, too? So I noticed quarterbacks. That's it. Right. It was Andrew Luck for a while. That scumbag. Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers. Right. And it's just that John Moran now has a title. My favorite NBA player. Luca ate that award away, so it's not his anymore. Yeah, Luca needs to stay on the court to do that. Like, he had a good game yesterday, but Luca's old news. He's just spending that money on food. I can't blame him, but I'd hope for better. I don't think Jock could gain weight if he tried, by the way. Yeah, I think no, Jock's just going to be the size of his, life, his whole life. That's his, that's his size. That's it. Yeah. Okay. We'll be back Thursday previewing the NFL wildcard weekend for you. Everybody, please go follow us on Twitter at Rookie Phenom. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts. We are huge on verbal. We have anything to add before we get out of here? Yeah, uh, it's Monday and we don't have football. So I, I find it kind of weird. I was looking to see what time the game is starting. We're starting at, you know, 8.15, 8.20 that it normally starts. No game, man. That's weird. It is the college football championship game tonight. Alabama versus Georgia. I have a considerable amount of money on Alabama to win the game and the over. And if that does not happen, we may never do a podcast again because I'm going to be on the run for some very dangerous people. Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. We don't have any professional football. I'm not going to be watching the college football championship. Not true. Game. Alabama and Georgia, definitely professional. Those guys are all getting paid. <laughs> to be honest. Okay. No NFL games. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to be watching basketball. Yes. Al- Alabama is going to be the entire first round next year, probably. And Georgia. Um. Yeah. Well, enjoy that. I'm going to be watching a bunch of games tonight. Can't wait. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a great night. Yep. <laughs>